Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. All right, good morning, everyone. Good-looking bunch of people. Some of you are half asleep. Come, I tell you what happened with worship this week. On Thursday, we're supposed to practice. I have another meeting. Go to the meeting while Lisa and Levi takes worship. So they practice the songs. Levi wakes up on Saturday with no voice, basically. This morning, no voice. And I have to sing. And I have to preach. It's too much. So, <laughs> But thank you for being so gracious and always joining in with heaven. Got to say it as a worship leader, just talking as a worship leader now. It's fantastic to see you guys engage Jesus. Um, all I'm saying is thank you for your, for your grace. Sometimes. Um, there are legitimate reasons when the songs are so low. <clears throat> because our voices are so short. <laughs> so this morning I was drinking a lot of hot water, a lot of honey, a lot of lemon. But it was fun, wasn't it? Father, we ask you for, for the anointing this morning. I ask you for the anointing, Lord, to speak your word to your children. Oh, for one second, do I presume they're my children, Father? They're not mine, they're yours. And I pray that you, Holy Spirit, come and brood over the word. Come and, and watch over you the word and, and bring revelation and bring life. Holy Spirit, only you can filter what needs to penetrate hearts this morning to bring freedom and growth. I ask you for this, my Lord. Amen. So we've done relationships now, and this morning I'm wrapping up this series. I told you guys the last time I preached that I had to repent before God because I thought it was just going to be a gap filler, but I think it's something that God wanted us to talk about. I think it's about something that is in the DNA of who we are as a church. It says He will send us broken and bruised. He will qualify the unqualified through this body of believers, through you and I, not through the bricks and the mortar and the nice curtains and the purple walls. But through us, it's living stones. Um, I personally have been deeply challenged by this series. In my times in prepping, in my times of listening to what the other preachers have brought, I've been challenged. I've been convicted. Uh, my, my depth of relationship, my depth of understanding has been, has been challenged. It has left me in a better space, I would believe, with Jesus and relationships. I hope it has done the same for you. I've spoken to a few people and they said, God has kind of undone me in this series. He's challenged me on certain things. He scratched where I didn't want him to scratch. But I've also spoken to someone and they've said, God has told me, well done, good and faithful servant. I've also felt sometimes, yeah, in, in, in certain areas that's been preached about, I've got a, a degree of victory. But Father, more. Lord, more. More and more and more and more. We sat the other day, I don't know, I don't know if I told you guys to stop me if I have, but our, our address here is 133, number 133 on First Road. So uh, between Levi and Amy, they said, why don't we just call ourselves 133 on First? You know, like the thing that's happening, 33 on High, 44 Stanley, 133 on First. And Psalm 133 verse 1 says, 
Come on, come on. None of the elders are allowed to quote. Come on. <laughs> Behold, how good and pleasing, pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And we'll, Psalm 133 verse 1. And that's what this relationship has been about. Is how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in relationship. Because God says even in friendships, when there is in Him unity, He will bless it. In marriages, He will bless it. It is something that will flow. I don't think our blessing, understanding of blessing is always that it's going to be just financial gain. But there are so many ways that He blesses us. I want to say, can we truly live up to 133 on first day? Eh? 133 on first. I wanted a yay there, but I didn't get it. Okay, cool. So some relationships are good for us. Some are not so good for us. Some relationships we go into and we think, I want this thing to last forever. Some friendships last forever. Some friendships, you don't have um, that closeness, but when you get together again and you, you just hit it off like a storm. Yes, it's like nothing was lost and, and no time has gone past and you just chat about and reminisce about old things. But some things you're just like, I don't want to be near that relationship again. Some of them are, are full of joy. Some of them are a little bit of a burden. Some of them produce life. Some marriages produce life. A couple of times over. Some, some relationships result in death. Who's had those destructive relationships? You just think, this friend is not good for me. If I carry on like this, I'm gonna die. And then there are other friends that you can just sit with and be vulnerable with. And be cared for and encouraged. And others, you're just like, I can't show myself down the belly to that person. They're gonna rip my intestines out. Relationships, they are varied. They are, they are different. They come in shapes and sizes. But they are real. They are significant. And they impact us. Melissa and I, on top of um, the, the worship practice and the meeting on Thursday, we had a tiff. It was a big one, yeah. It was a big one. Ah, and all sorts of insecurities in me just highlighted. You know when you know you're wrong, but you just keep fighting because you've started it now. Oh, how embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, I've been, I'm exposed now in any case. But you know that because of our relational tension, uh, the kids were slightly unsettled. Our relationships and how we navigate them also influence others. Now, if that's true for us as humans, how much more is our relationship with God going to influence those around us? You see, we are quick to make peace. Melissa and I are quick to sort out our stuff. We need to sort it out. Goodness gracious me. We're supposed to do worship and lead and preach and whatever. We can't have a... And we sort it out. But how many times do we neglect sorting out things with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, with the Son, with the Trinity? And we think it doesn't affect those around us. I want to tell you it affects those around us more than you can imagine. More than you dare admit. So this... This morning, I want to say, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Our relationship with the Father, my relationship with my heavenly dad, 
sorted out issues that I didn't even know that I had with my earthly dad. Me being in a, in, a, in a relationship that has tension and scratching and miscommunication and, mis, uh, uh, and unmet expectations with God from my side resulted in me shaping relationships in a way that led to death. This is me talking. I'm not going to put that on you. I'm hoping that this morning, as I speak about what I've experienced, that it will mean something to you. This morning is not going to be a heck of a, a preach when it comes to theological exegesis. But can we park it maybe under an experiential message with some application? Is that all right? I was scratching with, with God. And I could get Jesus Christ a Savior. I could understand that He laid down His life for me. And I could accept Him. I could go, Jesus Christ my Savior, and my Lord, and I could submit to Him as Lord of my life, I had no problem with that. And I could love the presence of the Holy Spirit when the, the tangible presence came on me, and, and I could feel the manifestation of His power in and through me, and I could sense the anointing and the ability to do things that naturally I'm not gifted in. I was comfortable with that. But yet I was living a duplicitous Confused life. Me. I would pursue things that I shouldn't. I would be in relationships I knew I shouldn't. I knew it didn't give him glory. I knew it didn't bring him honor. And I knew it could not lead to life and growth in him. But Jesus was my savior. No doubt about that. I just, I, you, you cannot deny it because I'm telling you, he was my savior. I knew I was a new creation in Jesus. But my understanding of who I was was not informed by who the father said I was. This thing of what kind of love has the father given to us that I should be called a children, a child, a, a children of God. There was no reality there. I didn't like the idea of God being a father. I didn't trust the idea of God being a father. He had no value to me. That name meant nothing. I can't even say that it meant something bad. It was completely something I had apathy towards. It was I was indifferent. He could have been called whatever. That father name meant nothing to me. A few weeks ago, I spoke to you about the Holy Spirit, how we want to categorize the Holy Spirit into certain things that we understand. But Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. The Father is God. I have another friend who sometimes says, I can deal with the Father, but I can't deal with Jesus at the moment. I don't like the lordship of Jesus in my life. I like the voice of the Father because he tells me I'm his child. But I don't like the expression of Jesus in my life when I have to submit my will to him. I was in that space.
I didn't understand that the nature of the Father was unconditional love. It didn't, it didn't translate into my life. I didn't understand that the nature of the Father is to establish me for my purpose in life. I was doing quite grand by myself. I had a career that was going well. I was doing worship, giving vent to my gift to my talents. I was living a comfortable life. I didn't understand that the nature of the Father is hope in us. There was no hope in me that I could ever walk another life. I was just going to succumb to my circumstances and how it dictated I would live. Born in Ranfantine, die in Ranfantine. Some of us buy cyanide poisoning from the mind dumps, but I didn't understand that the nature of the Father was safe, that it was embracing me and saying, oh, Hold it, buddy. You don't have to throw a tantrum. I've got you. Kylie and JP is looking after a little boy as a place of safety at the moment. And they came to our place on, on Saturday. And he throws a tantrum. And, but he forgets I'm bigger than him. I just pick him up and I hold him. Yeah, yeah, boy. Okay. Calm down. And then he realizes, actually, I can't do anything. And it's actually quite safe. I'm high up. Okay. Let me just suck it up and keep quiet. And he does it. I didn't get that from a dad. I didn't get that from, from father. I didn't get that. It wasn't safe to me. I felt exposed and I felt vulnerable and I felt left and abandoned when I thought of father. I'm going to take a little bit of a stretch here and the medical guys are going to knock me, but anyway, I'm going to do it in any case. You know, there's this theory by psychologists that would say that fathers give identity. Anybody heard that? And, and I do subscribe to that. I do believe in that. I, I believe parents play a role, not just the dad, but I do believe there's an element to that. Um, but I do believe in chromosomes. The fathers do contribute <laughs> the gender to the baby. Dads have X and Ys and moms have. Where are the biology guys? XX. And then we contribute either an X or a Y, and it's a baby girl, it's a baby boy. And for me, and the Spirit, God contributes that. And, and I, I can't tell you that there's a, a medical basis or anything, but I want to say, just like a father contributes that thing that, that causes gender, I want to say God contributes, the Father contributes that thing that, Calls us son, calls us daughter, specifically in gender, but also calls us, this is your purpose, this is your purpose, this is your purpose. So because I, did, I was scratching with the father, I didn't have that. I was just pursuing selfish gain. <laughs> and I did fairly well in my career. I could have just carried on, but I never, ever, ever felt fulfilled. I didn't feel like I was living in that contribution from the Father. Are you guys okay with that thing? I, I don't want to make a theology out of it. I'm just saying, like the Father contributes something, like a dad contributes that, which gives gender. That, I feel like the Father contributes that, and I was missing that in my life. 
Our first batch of points are grouped under a heading called the evidence of the absence. And I don't know where that came from. I wasn't trying to be quirky or eccentric. But I was left with a deficit in my life because I didn't understand the role of the Father in my life. I was left in a deficit of the area of being accepted. I constantly worked for the approval and the praise of man. If I could just get somebody to say, oh, that was grand, it would fill me and make me feel like, ah, they're accepting me. But you know what happened? As soon as they walked away, the acceptance walked away. And I was left lonely and isolated and sad. The second thing that I had a deficit in was I had a desire to belong to something and someone. And what I did to fill that gap in my life was I traded myself for a song. Whoever paid attention to me got the best of me. Anything you wanted, have it. I'm yours. As long as you call me yours and I belong to you. It's so funny because in my life I understood the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that I'm His and He is my Lord. But I would still trade myself to somebody else to belong to them. Physically, emotionally, like to say maybe not spiritually, but hey, who knows what had happened if I walked into a Buddhist temple and discovered meditation in that broken state. I had a deficit of belonging. <laughs> the, the other deficit I had in my life is I didn't know that I had value and, and worth. I would constantly try and establish that I'm worth something. How did I do that? Well, my personality is loud. <laughs> Who I am is, is out there. So I would just make sure that I'm the grandest and the greatest, the best. I would embellish and talk about how great I am in greater degrees of comparison. I was the bestest star. The moistest star. The oligstest star. Because I had this gap. I didn't know that it could be filled by anything other than my own efforts. The other deficit I have was who, what name I had. You know how many hands there are in this world? Guys, so unimaginative and uncreative. They call me Johan. You just have to go through Pretoria. You just say, Johan, entire street looks. Hello. <laughs> meant nothing. On top of it, I didn't want to be a mayor. Because they mocked me in school, mayor, mayor. <laughs> Can't repeat that at the stage. The 
This quote I'm, I've got on my screen so it says, Know the difference between those who feed your ego and those who feed your soul. Know the difference between those who feed your ego and those that feed your soul. I made sure my ego was on a healthy diet of self-praise and glory from man. My theme song was, Bang! I'm gonna live forever. I'm gonna touch the sky. Every award I could win, I did. My name was on every trophy I could get. It still didn't fill the deficit. It didn't sort out my relational scratching with the Father. So we drive to this place where my wife gets a dress. I get nothing. Putting it out there. <clears throat> Well, let me let me first go. I, 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 nothing. <laughs> I stop it now. So we go to this place, and I said to her, "It looks awfully familiar." I don't know why the area that we are in looks so familiar. And we're standing, and they take us to the the um, workshop where the the clothes are made, and and as we look out on the on the landscape. The city. I realized it's the area I stayed in when I went to the church on the Sunday that God told me who I was in Him. I don't know why we went to go and stay in that area, but we did. It's not the best area. I mean, I can say that. They produce good things, but it's not the best area. And I thought, sure. God is really doing something in my heart in this year that I'm turning 40. I started reminiscing. This. Why, what, can, what can I remember about that day? What was significant about that Sunday? What happened? And, and, and to a degree I felt, sorry, I'm, I'm now meandering heavy, but it will make sense in a little bit. I remember Melissa and I getting to Cape Town and taking in our first foster child, Alex. She was 16 and 17. We only had Grace then. And I thought we had to become parents to her. And how God had trusted us to take a girl who had no dad into. And then he gave us other two boys that were 14 and 15 and, and 15 and 16. And they stayed with us for a couple of years and he trusted us to. So I was like, God, but I don't, I don't know how to articulate what it is that you did in me as a father that gave substance for you to trust me with fathering other children. And then he gives us a son that we can adopt and Six, like six kids of our own, you know, like five biological and one heart child. And I'm standing there and I'm looking out on this thing and he says to me is, I can use this rubbish area to establish beautiful truths. So before we go into that point, I want to say, no matter where you are, maybe you are standing and you are looking out and you're saying, this is a rubbish area when I look at my life this morning. God can establish beautiful truths if you let him amidst the rubbish areas, amidst, amidst the gravel and the, the little things that are lying around and the, the rubbish. He can do that. And I want to say, we were standing in a building that was quite well looked after. If you've got a good grip on who God is as father to you, he still wants to establish a greater revelation of himself. More beautiful things this morning. All right. Does that make sense? So then, that was the evidence of, of the absence. 
those deficits I had. And I was staying in this area. We're camping out in a tent. And I'm, the, the, the worst thing of it all is that I'm at this place with the man that I am in relationship with. That is how I would not submit to the fullness of what God wanted to do in my life. But God in his sovereignty takes me to that evening service and causes me to go to the front. And I'm standing there thinking, what am I going to hear? I know Jesus is Lord and Savior, but I cannot change my life. I've experienced the Holy Spirit, but I cannot change what I like. I cannot change what I choose. What is going to happen now when I go to the front? Have you ever felt like that? What is going to be different when I go to the front? I just, I'm right in my chair and I'm, I still can't have breakthrough here. But I go to the front and I stand there and the next minute I hear Matthew 3.17 that says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I hear my beloved son, not daughter, my beloved son, my son, in whom I'm well pleased. And I turn around, and there's no one around me. No one had reached me because the entire church had gone to the front. Probably all of us thinking, why should we go to the front? Nobody but God spoke it over me. And in the moment, I realized that this deficit in me of who I am cannot be filled by an understanding of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This, this deficit that I have of who I am cannot be filled by an experience of the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit. It can only be filled by the truth spoken by the one who can honestly call you son and daughter. I want to challenge you this morning. Can you stand upon scripture, upon word, that he is your father and who he says you are, you are? I didn't realize that the worship was going to go this way. I hate it when it comes and takes my message, but I'm glad that it does. It's, it's this beautiful thing. But do you have this revelation that He calls you son and daughter. That He contributes something from Him into you like a father does X, Y. That He has given you an X or a Y to be who you are. The fullness, the potential, the purpose, what you are supposed to do, the gifting, the personality. Your hair, your face, your nose. And all of a sudden, he takes the wind out of my sail, my sails, because he calls me son, and now I have to call him father. But father still in that moment didn't mean anything good to me. It still meant abandonment, <laughs> rejection, not good enough. The second thing he does after he settled our identity for me on my journey. He 
He comes and he says, are you not more precious than sparrows? Are you not more valuable than little birds and flowers of the field? And look, I make them grow and I feed them. And he comes and he says to me, why do you trade yourself for what you are not worth? He starts to challenge me on what I'm giving myself to and to who I'm giving myself. The things and the people that I thought gave me value, he starts to remove out of my life. And he says, you are valuable just because you are mine. I will call you by name. You are mine. He sorts identity in my life. He sorts value and worth in my life. Next thing that the Father wants to sort in our lives is security safety in John 5 it says truly truly I say to you the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does that the son does likewise for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and I go on a journey with God my hand in his as the father and he says look this is what I'm going to do for you some things are going to be, oh, but some things are going to be, yay. Takes me on a journey of discovery that in him, my talents are greater. Takes me on a journey to say I'm safe with him no matter what I do. He tolerates who I am. He tolerates what I does. And slowly but surely, removes out of me this desire to find security in who I am and what I have and what I do. And he lays this platform where I can run to him like Hayden came to me. And I kick and I scream and he says, all right, buddy, I'm bigger than you. I've got you. Until eventually I know that I'm secure and safe and accepted in the arms of my father. What that security does for us, that security shows us what we can do. You tell any child, do you know what you can achieve? No, I don't. Well, let me tell you as a father, you can achieve all things in Christ Jesus. Why don't you want to be the president? Isn't that what your dad believes? He believes the best of you. He believes you can do all things. He wants to see you achieve. He wants to see you excel. The Father is the place where we can find refuge in our storm. The Father is the place where we find peace in our storm and through our storm. The Father makes peace of our situations. Because when the Father speaks, it is with finality and consistency. How many here would take a chance when your mother says, no, you can't have another apple? 
Okay, another block of fudge. My kids do it all the time. When I go to them and I say, that's enough. There is finality. There is authority. It is done. Who he says you are, you are. Settled. Wanted to talk about some fun things in the Father, if that's okay. I'll be quick. What does the Father do for us? I've got this thing with my children, and I think it's because I just want the good things for me. I say, Fathers build adventure. So I get to go with them and play and make mud. And Melissa's to clean up. Fathers build adventure. He wants to take you this morning and say, if you trust me, can I take you on an adventure? Can we go and discover? Can we look at things through a fresh pair of eyes? Can we look for the crabs in the cracks of the, the rocks? And can we, can we catch them? And maybe they're going to bite us, but can we do that? Come on. Fathers build adventure. Mothers also build adventure. They show you how to mix cookie dough. No, I'm just joking. I'm not knocking single parents. I'm not. I'm just saying in God, what I discovered is that a father can take me on an adventure. Because he's safe. Melissa's nature in our, in our household is, she's always, oh, yeah. She's like, I can't watch that. They're going to fall. And then what? Allison is there. Just put a bit of super glue. Didn't work for due to hand, but maybe it's too soon. <laughs> Fathers build adventure because they are strong, they are consistent, they are there. I went to some of the boys that we fostered and I said to them, what were some of the things that we, we built into your life that you value to this day? The one came back and he said, you gave me values to live by. Before I got to your house, anything just was okay. Do you understand the values that God has spoken into your life, over your life, over your future? I think because we have a, a great degree of absent fathers in South Africa, we see that. We, we values are not there. But Father God wants to give values to your life. Not just a value, but values. Fathers call out. <laughs> okay, I've ne I never had it with a dad, but I do it with my kids. You and I need to talk when we get home. And then as, when we get home, we have a talk. If you do something, I'm going to call you out on it. Why did you do that? You were brave enough to do it. Now be brave enough to come and say it to me. I think some of us need to submit a little bit to that where God is calling us out. Where he's taking your attention, he says, I want to chat to you. Let's talk this through. Who do you think you are? You're brave enough to go and do that. Come now, now brave enough to face me in this. Fathers call us out. Fathers also call out over us potential that they see. Oh, man. Then we're like, ah, oh, you can't tell your kids that's not good enough. They need to do better. Ah, you can't tell them can't tell your kids that there's a healthy expectation. You just don't have to break them down in the process. If I know my children can jump a meter 
And they're only jumping 500 centimeters, 50 centimeters. Thank you. Because they don't want to try. As a dad, I'm going to say, come on, buddy. Let's try again. I think you can do it. Until they can do it. No, I can't sing there. Yes, you can. You haven't even tried. I don't want to eat that. Come on, take a bite. So it's going to be gooey, but maybe you like it. Father's correct. Big brother's also correct. (laughs) Father's correct. Show of hands here. Anybody as a dad ever wanted to correct a child just to show them that you are better than them? No. Anybody who just a father's here that want to correct your child just so you can belittle them? No. Any fathers here that correct because you want to see them walk in the best that they are? Show of hands. The Bible says, how do we as earthly dads know how to do good things to our children? How much more does our heavenly father in heaven know what we need and what we want? And won't he do good things to us? Can I ask you to submit to the correction when you hear the voice of of the father? The safest place. Fathers forgive and fathers restore. I laugh at Joy. She's our wildling. But she, I don't know. I mean, I think I've got a grip of her personality. She changes it. I think she does it on purpose, actually. So she's got this thing of being absolutely right and and, and doing things right and, and wrong, and she's convicted about that. But she also knows what she wants. And even though sometimes she knows what she wants isn't right, she will still push for it even though she knows that she's wrong. Does that make sense to you? Because it doesn't make sense to me. But that's how joy is. So then she will go and do something that offends Molly's. And now she mopes around, around in this, with this animated long face. Sorry, mommy. Sorry, mommy. And she mopes and mopes and mopes around the house until she comes and then she says, Sorry, daddy, that I disrespected your wife. And as soon as I say, it's okay, my love, I forgive you. Whoop, the face changes and off she goes. Now, some of you might want to think she's just manipulating us. It's your opinion. I want to say there's something of that. When you go to the Father and you say, Father, I have sinned against you. And I've sinned against myself and against people. Won't you forgive me? And you hear the voice of the Father saying, you are forgiven. You are free. There's a place for you at my house. It's restoration. You're able to pick yourself up. Sometimes not look yourself in the mirror yet. But you're able to pick yourself up and walk in the journey that he has for you. I want to ask you this morning, how's your relationship with Father? (laughs) Heavenly Father. Father God. The Father of our Godhead. How's your heart when I mention Father? Some of you here might need to do some internal 
vulnerability exposing so that you can walk in relationship with him that's restored and walk in better relationship with your earthly dad. Do you know that he loves you? Some of you already have great examples of dads. Great. They sit here, men that I admire and respect, giants who father this community. Maybe you just need to appreciate God the Father because of those examples, for those examples. Maybe some of you need to come out for prayer and say, I don't get this thing. I get the Lordship of Jesus. I get the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I get the presence of Holy Spirit. I get the saving of Jesus. But I'm still scratching a little bit with my idea of Father. This morning is for you. I want to pray with you. Help you get to a point where I got to a point, that revelation that changed my life forever. Maybe that's what God has in store for you this morning. Can I challenge you to maybe stop thinking, why must I go to the front? And maybe just try and see that the Lord is good. Take a step in faith. And say, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you. I want to know the fullness of who you are. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As we wrap up relationship, can we start to get our relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sorted so that it doesn't affect the relationships around us? Don't you stand? God, we ask you to come and Speak to us as Father this morning specifically, Lord. God, we cannot restrict you to speak to us in any other way, but I'm asking, God, where you have to do heart surgery about who you are as Father to us this morning, won't you come and speak that with truth, with finality, with consistency, with a voice of love, a voice of creation power that reshapes ideas and thoughts this morning.